Hey y'all, and welcome to Do the Kids Know. This is the show where we talk with hair in my mouth. Oh God, (laughs) the show. (laughs) Oh God. (laughs) Thankfully, this is the second episode to a show (laughs) where we talk about race, (laughs) media, pop culture, politics, question mark. Um... (laughs) From an anti-colonial, <laughs> no, from an anti-colonial perspective, in Canada, and this Canada spelled with three Ks because it'd be bad here, it'd be bad, and it'd be a white supremacist nation, and I don't know how to explain it any further than that. Oh, I'm crying. <laughs> hey, Kristen. Uh, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know have a full mental breakdown. <laughs> What's even going uh, on right now? Oh my god! Uh, I don't know. Oh. I need a second. <laughs> wow! All right. Wow. So what was I trying to say? I don't Do the know. kids know? The show we talk about race, politics, media, pop culture, that kind of thing. Yeah. In Canada, um, from a very anti-colonial point of view. Mm. <sighs> wow! Wow! That wow! Was, wow! That was a wild intro. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's okay. We got here. We got. <laughs> <laughs> Start from the bottom. I still still starting. <laughs> I wow. Sorry, is Drake canceled? Should I have not have used this reference? Is this a good? I mean, three sixty. I don't know if he was canceled because he yet? didn't actually start. Listen, the entire the, the entire year Great Toronto era just like shook. It did full and earthquake. It can shake again. Okay. <laughs> I said you're what like I said. <laughs> and I like, said it with my chest. So, Kristen, um, mm. to warm us up, mm. so before we had Do the Kids Know, we had another podcast that never saw the light of day, except for the episodes that we remastered yes, for yes. this format. And we used to play games to get started. We did. So I'm going to bring that back okay, cool. for today. Cool. I like it. Because clearly we're struggling, mm. so maybe if we... Mm. Uh, it's rough out here in these streets. We need to ease into talking to each other. Cool. <laughs> did we have a fight? <laughs> What's going on? I mean... I feel like our tired levels are not amping each other up. They are slowing each other down. <laughs> We're just bringing each other down. Oh, dear. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I think that's what's happening. Okay. This is from mantelligence.com. Oh. <laughs> I didn't know until I just looked at it. Explain, uh, explain the game for the kids. It's what you rather. So I'm going to give you some hypothetical scenarios. Mm. And you'll have to choose to live out one of those <laughs> in, in this hypothetical world. Okay, let's do it. Would you rather have to go to the bathroom in a giant litter box in your house or anywhere you want, but only outside? Um, no, in my house. In my house. <laughs> it's okay. I'll pee in my house. <laughs> I'm um, not a dog. I don't want to poop outside. <laughs> I don't want that. Also, Prakash, what? (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is hilarious. Would you rather have a Texan accent and live in New York or a New York accent and live in Texas? But either way, you have to live in the U.S., I guess. (laughs) Ew. um, This is like a hard New Yorker, like, (sighs) Italian diaspora, Staten Island accent. Not like like us being in New York. Well, um, I think I'd rather be a Texan living in New York simply because I think 
despite my I'm not from here accent, New York will be more accepting of my accent than Texans would be of my New York accent. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. No. <laughs> Ooh, can you imagine? Mm-mm. I open my mouth and everybody is like, why are you even here? <laughs> you don't have to open your mouth. You just have to be there. That's true. In Texas. That's true. I mean, I guess Houston, I heard just let Beyonce. Mm, third word. Would you rather eat the same meal for the rest of your life or never use Instagram again? I dislike you and this question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Cue my existential crisis. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean I need food to live, and I will, I do love me some variety of food. Never, never use Instagram again. Can I use other social medias? Only the ones that you currently use. That's the only one I currently use. So no. I know. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, no, I think I'm still gonna pick eating whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. Yeah. Food is more important to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I realize I answered all of these questions. You answered zero questions. Yeah, I'm the asker. <laughs> <laughs> this is how this is set up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, maybe I'll find one that we can both answer and then we'll move on. <laughs> oh, actually, this is a fun burger question. Oh, no. I think we know the answer to, for me. Would you rather give bad advice or take bad advice? <laughs> I'd rather give. I don't fucking care. I give bad all the time. Sorry, sorry, sorry to this man. This man being my friends. <laughs> oh my gosh, you knew that would pain me. Um, yeah. Oh! I actually don't know how to answer this. Because if I'm giving bad advice, that means people will stop coming to me for advice, which seems fine because people come to me for advice all the time. And sometimes I'm like, why are you even talking to me about this? We are not like that, but okay. Um, but then you if know I that have you're the to... spiritual Negro for like oh. many people in your life. Oh yeah. yeah. You're right. You're right. Um, but then if I have to take bad advice, I have to listen to people talk to me and I already don't like doing that. But I won't have to take their advice. I just have to listen to them talk, which I can zone them out. But it could potentially ruin my reputation if people do my bad advice. <laughs> but then that could be funny. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh, I could that inadvertently. Mm. It's a sad moon. Still fire. Oh my bad. Still, Still fire. fire. Um Oh god. No, I think I'm too earth to give bad advice yeah so, so I'll, have to, I'll have to take bad advice which means I'll have to Damn. listen to people tell me things that I don't <laughs> want to hear <sighs> brutal I mean not really I... that's already my life it's fine <sighs> <That's brutal>. <laughs> <laughs> you just said you give bad advice okay you just said it <laughs> not, not to you <laughs> Although, I guess when I give advice that I myself would take, that's not really helpful to other people. And so, I guess that sounds like it could be considered to be bad advice, but... I mean, that wasn't the type of bad advice I was thinking about, but yeah. Okay, I think, personally, that I give the advice that people need to hear, hmm. which they may not like, nor be able to take because of who they are. 
and their personal <laughs> limitations that I do not have because I'm flawless. <laughs> ah. mm, yes, yes. Anyhow, I think we've regained our our momentum there. speech. Because <laughs> for a second, I don't know what happened. There has been an abundance of things spreading this year. Mm. COVID-19 and wildfires, mm. obviously. But some good things, like the uptake of an abolitionist ideology across Canada and across the world. Mm. And for myself personally, the spreading of peanut butter and jam on bread. Because somehow I only came to PB&Js as an adult in an attempt to try to save money on groceries. Because when I say groceries, I just mean takeout. That's a lot of my, a lot of my expenses these days. Mm-hmm. However, something extremely infuriating to us that has been spreading this year that we need to talk about, which is the misunderstanding and weaponization of quote-unquote cancel culture mm. by the cultural elite. Mm. So in today's episode, we are asking, do the kids know about cancel culture? Heads up, we're going to be diving into some academic e cultural and media theory in this episode because um, that is what I do. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be interesting and worth it, I promise. Yeah. Um, so, like always, we're going to break it down for y'all. Starting from what do we mean by canceling and culture and its other associated terminology. Where did this rhetoric come from? How has it been adopted by mainstream media discourse? And lastly, what should we do about it? So first, a few definitions. So we're all on the same page, beginning with culture, as defined by the late Jamaican-born British cultural theorist Stuart Hall, who articulates culture as the actual grounded terrain of practices, representations, languages, and customs of any specific society. I also mean the contradictory forms of common sense, which have taken root in and helped to shape popular life. Uh, End quote. He also defines popular culture as one of the sites where the struggle for and against a culture of the powerful is engaged. It is also the stake to be won or lost in that struggle. End quote. So what does this mean for us? It means that popular culture is a place where we, the underrepresented, the oppressed, the marginalized within a specific or domineering society and culture, have the opportunity to insert ourselves and our presences, histories, values, aesthetics, etc. Over time, this insertion may bring certain aspects of popular or counterculture into the mainstream. We see this in fashion a lot, with Western women wearing pants being an assumed norm, the global ubiquity of denim jeans, wearing face masks even. These are all examples of specific aesthetic practices that began within certain non-dominant subcultures that with increased visibility and adoption by the socio-cultural and political elite, we no longer even think of as being part of a specific or intentional culture practice. But what does this have to do with cancel culture? First, a few other terms to talk about. There are three main forms that can be used to address an individual who expressed views or who has enacted behaviors we might consider to be problematic, abusive, violent, or otherwise in need of correction. We could perform a call out, a call in, or pronounce them quote-unquote cancelled. And I just want to preface this that a lot of our understandings of these terms come from the restorative justice movement. If this is your first time hearing about it, I'm sure we'll do a full episode on it in the future. 
by in brief, as opposed to our current carceral mode of justice, quote unquote, that tries to precise a consequence, i.e. a fine, imprisonment, or both, to a particular crime, regardless of the victim's or community's desires, a restorative justice model aims to repair the harm caused by said crime. From restorativejustice.org, quote, when victims, offenders, and community members meet to decide how to do that, that being justice, the results can be transformational. Restorative justice emphasizes accountability, making amends, and, if they're interested, facilitated meetings between victims, offenders, and other persons, end quote. These kinds of alternative justice models are incredibly important for certain marginalized communities, specifically queer and racialized communities, where police and state involvement may lead to increased violence or where involving the state justice system could lead to alienation from the community itself. Right. Um, so to go back to our models, uh, call outs, call ins, and canceling. So let's say I did or said something problematic which, girl, all the time. Hypothetically, let's say I tweeted that I don't think the COVID vaccine is safe. Wink, wink. These are the different models that could play out. So one, the call out. So you saw my tweet, and now you, for example, retweet it and write something along the lines of, look at this dumbass with her stupid opinions. Get vaccinated, dummies. This is a mildly aggressive call out you are publicly pointing out my problematic behavior or attitude. So to switch to the call-in, say we have a long history, or you know me to be well-intentioned, but maybe misinformed or led astray by the fear-mongering media that I consume. So in response, you DM me in private, or you retweet me again, this time with something along the lines of, hey, I know the speed of these trials have been super quick, and it seems unsafe, but the trials have undergone the same standards of rigorous testing that all vaccines do. The more you know. (laughs) Um, In this example, you're using my fuck up as a teachable moment to call me in towards the progressive attitudes you're trying to share. I think with those two examples, it's very clear which one we prefer, which is the call in, (laughs) not the call out. But we're comparing them to canceling. So there are three methods. The last one is canceling. And how does canceling somebody compare to the call out? So same scenario, except this time in response to my tweet, you say, Kristen has gone too far. We cannot support this unsafe rhetoric. Stop following Kristen. Stop listening to her podcast or her music or whatever it is that she does. Or you just simply tweet, Kristen is canceled. Either method is essentially calling for an economic or social boycott of me, the target person, in an effort to take away or reduce the kinds of power or privilege that I hold in society. But it's not, and it hasn't always been used this way. So there are certain media examples that go back to the 90s where the term cancelled is used as a diss or to signal someone's cultural insignificance. However, as a cultural phenomenon, the idea of canceling has roots in the civil rights movement in the U.S., but the contemporary rhetoric of canceling someone took off within the last few years on Black Twitter. That is the socio-cultural sphere of Twitter occupied by Black Twitter users. We love it there. But also, it can be dangerous there. (laughs) There's actually an interesting Vox article about this that we'll link in the show notes, but essentially, canceling wasn't always used seriously. Like... 
quote, I don't know, he likes pineapple on pizza, canceled. But then it became a way for oppressed and marginalized folks, in this case, primarily Black and queer Twitter users, to talk back in a way that calls out the problematic behaviors and attitudes of people with power and privilege, not directly to them. So as a function of their power and privilege keeps them separated from direct communication with us. So instead, the rhetoric of canceling broadcasts the call out to the rest of the community, as opposed to the earlier examples when calling out and calling in were used to communicate with the person being called. Canceling as a method used by those without power was a tool of communicating with each other. So to let one another know that we should not be in support of a particular figure. But now let's talk about how this has changed in recent years. How did the act of canceling become taken up as a culture? Well, going back to Stuart Hall and what we talked about a little bit earlier, it means that at some point the rhetoric of canceling left the community and was taken up and repurposed by the dominant culture in order to vilify the origins of whence it came. But before we go into that, I need to bring up one more communication studies theory, which is that of speech acts. Just bear with me for uh, one minute. (laughs) So the late philosopher J.L. Austin in his book, How to Do Things with Words, which I think is a book that we could benefit from because words (laughs) are very (laughs) hard. They're hard. (laughs) We're struggling. So hard. We're struggling. So it was first published in 1955 and brings up this idea of speech acts. Basically, how some words, when uttered by the right people in the right context, does things because mm. words mean things but words can also do things okay for example if you're getting married and there's like a minister or whoever who concludes the ceremony by saying i do the wed mm. like boom you are now married mm. and like marriage being in a married couple the institutionalized legal marriage mm. means things like you are now married mm-hmm. the words that were said did a thing right okay i see however i could you know go to the grocery store, walk up to two random people waiting in line, and say, <laughs> hey y'all, I do the wed. Mm, married. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Except that they're not, right? No. Like, they're, they're not married. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> My words had no meaning, had no power, because I did not occupy the correct social positioning, it was the incorrect setting, etc. Okay. Similarly, at the end of the trial, when the judge says, you're guilty you now become guilty in a legal, social, political sense. Mm. But like me sitting in the pews or whatever the hall of a court is called, being like, he's guilty! (laughs) 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 That does nothing except be a wild distraction. (laughs) And will probably have me kicked out by the bailiff or whoever. Mm, Maybe, maybe. So because I don't have the same kind of like power and privilege and position that a judge has in a court, I'm not able to perform what Austin calls a... Perlocutionary Act, which are one of three types of speech acts that he talks about in his book. So, if we apply this back to canceling, Mm. me, in real life, saying cancel Deepa Mehta for her collusion with the Sri Lankan government in the racist portrayal of Tamils in the movie Funny Boy, Mm. does not, in fact, quote-unquote cancel her. Why? Mm. I'm not her boss. Mm. I'm not Avery DuVernay. I do not control the distribution of her movie. Even if I had a large social media following... She is an example of someone who, no matter what is said by who out here in these Twitter streets, mm-hmm. she is protected by the institution within which she works, aka Canadian media at large. But we know that for those with power and privilege, in terms of social capital, 
like celebrities, politicians, and other kinds of public figures, the worst thing, the absolute worst thing that they can imagine happening to them Mm. is to be called racist or have their other problematic behaviors and attitudes exposed. Mm. But you'll note, however, you will be hard-pressed to find any lasting consequences of anyone having actually been canceled. Mm -hmm. Following the hashtag MeToo resurgence in 2017, many of the accused maybe quietly disappeared for a while. (laughs) But uh, most, if not all, are back on the scene. Yep. With the exception of maybe Harvey Weinstein, who is currently incarcerated. Mm. But it wasn't cancel culture that did it to him. Nope. It took a series of survivors to make themselves vulnerable to public and legal scrutiny for him to be convicted of actual crimes. Mm -hmm. And not even all of them. Nope. Just, I think just one, actually. But I didn't look into this because it's sad. Yeah, I didn't look into No, I don't know. No. But yeah, his conviction was related to actual crimes and not just thinking or saying problematic things. Mm -hmm. And most of these people who are quote-unquote cancelled by the public are already so wealthy (laughs) and have so much power that even if they never came back to the public eye, they will likely continue to work behind the scenes, make their money, Mm. or they could probably retire like Ellen Mm -hmm. and live the rest of their life in total comfort while the rest of us struggle in these streets. Yep. And for a great and infuriating example to see how the rhetoric of canceling has been twisted, y'all should listen to the interview between Desmond Cole and Jesse Brown on the podcast Canada Land. It's episode 267. It's titled Consequence Culture. And Desmond Cole explains how people without institutional power calling for people with power, privilege, and platforms to be accountable for the things they say, the things they do, and the ideas they perpetuate, and to then face the consequences as a result of saying or doing the things that they said or did. Like, it seems so obvious And yet mainstream discourse on the subject has made it seem as though this basic ask of society has made it such that, quote, people are afraid to speak out in fear of being canceled, end quote, or that this is an attack on free speech or that it's perpetuating a mob mentality, which like, are you fucking kidding? (laughs) God, that's such a lazy interpretation. And it makes out marginalized communities to be some sort of like evil villain. And then it puts ignorant, racist, sexist, ableist, what have you people who are adults with the whole internet out there to educate them who said what they said on public platforms, makes them out to be some kind of child who needs protection from the big scary Twitter user with 200 followers. Jesus, it's fucking ridiculous. I'm tired of it. It's it's me that you said with 200 followers. Jeez, it's just, it's ridiculous. I'm tired. I'm tired of people skirting accountability. Like, it's literally all we're asking for because asking, literally just asking, just using our voices, just using the platforms that we have, no matter how small or seemingly insignificant, is oftentimes all we have to do this work and advocate for a better world. Ugh. Ugh. So, where do we go from here? I think that it starts with. Don't fall into the vilifying cancel culture rhetoric. It is not inherently bad to stop supporting or to cancel a public figure should it be revealed that they said or did something dumb, something dangerous, or something that perpetuates further ignorance and harm among their audience. That said, if possible, within your own communities, call people in when you can. 
especially if you're a white person, a man, or occupy some other access of privilege within your community. Use it to bring people into conversation to help them see why some of their views or opinions might be harmful to those around them. Mm. And before we end this episode, I just want to end with this quote by Anne Charity Hudley, the Chair of Linguistics of African America for the University of California, Santa Barbara. And this comes from the Vox article that we cited earlier. They say, Canceling is a way to acknowledge that you don't have to have the power to change structural inequality. You don't even have to have the power to change all of public sentiment. But as an individual, you can still have power beyond measure. It's a collective way of saying, We elevated your social status, your economic prowess, and we're not going to pay attention to you in the way that we once did. I may have no power, but the power I have is to ignore you. Mm, Beautiful. And with that, we'll see you next time for our season one finale. Mm. But until then, stay uncancelled and stay in the know. Bye. Bye. You can find us on these here internets at dothekidsknow.ca. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Patreon, where we would love it if you could drop us a donation so other kids can stay in the know. Search the handle at Do The Kids Know. Have you got questions, comments, concerns? Email us at dothekidsknow at gmail.com. And finally, please rate and review. That helps other kids stay in the know. So let's switch to the count in. The count in? Fucking <laughs> Jesus. I I think we might be illiterate. I think it went from a joke to being to being a fact. I think we manifested illiteracy. <sighs> I guess we're broken. <laughs>